2: War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to believe in everything auburn so if you've searched our podcast before we were auburn football we often call it tiger talk which (laughs) most of our episodes are still going to be titled that but the name of our podcast thanks to my man jason who made a good point that we talk more than just football around here so we are now everything auburn so welcome in everybody i'm taylor davis joined by jason campbell here to talk you guessed it everything auburn and we've got a great episode for you today it will be primarily football, but we're going to be talking about the draft. Thank goodness it is finally draft week, and we have something exciting to watch and talk about. We'll be giving you a little analysis and some predictions for our Auburn guys heading into the draft, talk a little FPI results looking ahead to next season, and then we have another awesome guest, the one and only Coach T. Will Travis Williams will be joining us to talk all about this defense his impact as a coach recruiting and give us his draft predictions as well so it's going to be a great episode Jason happy draft week are you pumped or what
3: yes I'm pumped finally get it's a couple things on tv I'm excited to watch this week You talking about the Jordan episode of the (laughs) Bulls you know that was my squad back in the day um you know, and then I get a chance to watch the draft from Thursday night, Lord Willing. So oh, it's a yeah. lot of stuff going on this week that kinda you know, put your mind in perspective and take your mind away from everything that's going on in the world right now. uh we can all use it a little bit and uh and take me away from Netflix a little bit. I've been to Netflix I had not watch Netflix for ten years, and all of a sudden i'm I'm watching Netflix like every night for the last <laughs> month so so I've got a lot of shows I've caught up on and <laughs> I've been reading books and everything so hey i'm 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 trying over here,
2: okay. I think we're all trying but yeah I totally agree with you we've got some new fresh things to watch on tv this week kind of break up the monotony of all this we're all basically living the movie Groundhog Day right now so the draft is a welcomed change and I'm especially pumped for the handful of Auburn guys who will likely hear their names called this weekend so let's dive right on in to that This could be a very exciting year for Auburn. This could be the record-setting number of Auburn players chosen in a draft ever since the NFL went to a seven-round draft. That's an important distinction because there's conflicting stuff on the internet. So just to clarify, in the 1990s when the draft went to a seven-round draft, the record since then for Auburn players drafted is six. Before that, when the NFL was a 12-round draft, I believe we had 10 players go in like 89 Um, but the record is considered for the current format of seven rounds so just wanted to make that one clear but this year's draft could see eight or nine auburn players hear their name called so certainly a testament to what this program is continuing to develop in these players so let's go ahead and talk about some of the guys predicted to go within the first couple of rounds the names you've probably been hearing most about obviously Derek Brown being the first to likely get called from Auburn. High expectations that he's going to go in the top 10. I certainly agree with that if he doesn't go in the top five. Uh, my hope is that he goes at seven for the Carolina Panthers, since that's my NFL team. But, Jason, what do you anticipate for Derek? Do you feel like he's solid in the top 10?
3: Yeah, uh, I think there is a lock uh, for sure in the top 10. To me, he's a lock in the top seven, maybe even top five. Uh, it all just all depends on how the draft goes. My The interesting pick for me, for him, would be what does Detroit do with the number three pick and what does the Giants do with the number four pick? I think we'll have implications on where he, where he ends up at. Will he end up falling to Carolina or will the Giants snatch him up? at the defensive tackle position, even though they they want an offensive tackle, they're also mm-hmm. hearing about the Simmons kid from Clemson. But then Derrick Brown is a sleeper name that I, that people have been throwing around there. And uh, he could be a great fit there because they're known for always – anytime they've had success in New York, it's always been off their defensive front. Yeah. So he would definitely add to that. And Detroit is interesting because you don't know if they're, they're really tied into Stafford mm-hmm. right now uh, coming off injury and – and you don't know if they're going to try to sleep in and sneak in and go to quarterback, but I know everyone's talking about the cornerback from Ohio State, but at the same time, Derrick Brown has an interesting, interesting debate because the last person that went to, to Detroit and he had a lot of success was Naman Sue, mm-hmm. And Derrick Brown is one of those type of players with just, you know, a different character mindset, you know, but at the same time, Derrick is, is high-level headed. He's got great character, and the, like you say, the kid is so, like, tenacious on defense like the kid comes to work like you said just just watch and see what he does and you and you'll walk away like yeah this kid here can play so for him i feel excited and uh, i think he's gonna have a great opportunity with big smiles on his face come thursday regardless of where he ends up
2: Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. I mean, this guy, we talked about him all season. If you're an Auburn fan, you've talked about him his whole career. He's just a rare breed. He's a massive human being, 6'5", 236, but he surprises you with his abilities with that size. He's he's somebody with the tools to kind of reset the line of scrimmage. He's got that upfield push and and that power that you don't necessarily always see from a guy with that size. So. I think he's going to be somebody that not only gets drafted early, but I think we're going to see it translate to the league early, depending on where he lands. I, I think if he ends up with the Panthers, he's going to have a standout rookie mm-hmm. year. This this Panthers team, man, they have needs all over the defensive side of the ball. There's so many holes for them to fill, but they really have a need on the interior, and, and he kind of gives them that ability to – build around him and and utilize him to kind of clog the middle and really improve that run defense that was such a problem area last season but I think he can make an impact wherever he goes I know some analysts have said he's the most underrated guy in this draft strangely enough like you mentioned some people are sleeping on him and and voicing concerns I love this quote directly from Derek after some people have brought up issues with some drills since the combine and he said quote if you care about the three cone drill as much as handling a double team then go for it (laughs) like that to me just reiterates that He's a level headed guy. Um, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that gets caught up in the glitzy lifestyle of all this. He's going to ignore the noise and put in the work. And I think his mental approach to distractions and to challenges along with his physical abilities makes him one of the most valuable gets in this draft class.
3: Yeah, you're exactly right, because people get caught up with the eye candy. And what I mean by that is, you know, people just look at something, and they say, oh, I just want it because the way it looks. No, you need to dig deeper. And, uh, and when you look at this kid, he's a football player. Like, don't tell me about no three-cone drill. Don't tell me about mm-hmm. no ladder drill. Like, this is a kid, you turn on the film, and you see him handling double teams. You see him still getting after the quarterback. You see him still chasing the quarterback to the sideline. He even had a play this year where he was coming off onto the field (laughs) and the ref missed it. He made a tackle or somebody. And I was like, I felt bad for the kid that caught the ball out of the backfield because he never saw him. And that could have been really ugly. But he's a kid that he's a football player, man. You just don't, you you get rid of all the eye candy stuff and, and everything like that. You want solid players that play with heart and play with dedication and gonna give it to you every week, week in and week out. That's the type of kid Derrick Brown is. And and you've seen it in, in all these big games this year yeah. in Florida, where he had an interception and then he had a fumble recovery and he had sacks. And then LSU, he was chasing Herbert, I mean chasing Burrow all over the field and, and putting pressure on him. And, <laughs> and, and and he just showed up week after week in big games, and that's where it counts.
2: I agree. I think Thursday is gonna be the beginning of a very successful career for him so then we move on to who is expected to be the second auburn player drafted marlon davidson derek's good friend roommate these two were were really a force when they played together on that field they made the decision to return for their senior year together and and now they're getting this draft experience so let's talk about marlon defensive end most predictions have him going in the second round but this is a guy that has a lot of versatility up front. He's he's quick enough to rush the passer as a D end, but he's he's also big enough he could slide inside and play tackle. This is someone who really created a spark this past season and showcased that versatility. I think his decision to return for his senior year was the best thing he could have done. I think you really got the opportunity to see that fire in him this year. And I even think we might have talked more about him if it weren't for Derek, which is always challenging because they're, they're brothers and teammates. Like, they, they ride for each other. But they were kind of known as a duo. And when compared, Derek got the spotlight. But again, I think this is someone that a team is going to get a lot of productivity from. So when you look at Marlon, Jason, what round do you see him going in? And what skill sets do you think will be most beneficial for him in the league?
3: Yeah, Marlon is an interesting uh, interesting situation because he could easily sneak into the late first round with like the Houston Texans. Uh, you know, someone that are looking, looking for another D tackle that can play alongside J.J. Watt. And hmm. – and and that would be a perfect scenario for him because, like I said, he's played with a star defensive guy in, in Derrick Brown in college. So and he feeds well in that position. And I think with him being in Houston, I think it would be a great yeah. opportunity for him. I think if he was to end up somewhere like Tennessee, uh, you know, if he was to end up with the Tennessee Titans, which I think that's probably where Noah Ibogame signed would end up at because they're looking for another corner you know they're all about you know defense and playing physical football and this kid is a tough minded kid at the cornerback position but when you're thinking about marlin it's houston for me and then probably somewhere like um i probably say somewhere like a, a kansas city or somewhere could sneak up if you know if they have a pick early in the second round or something but i think marlin could easily sneak into the late first round or early second round i don't see him going late second round or early third you know he's too he's too talented and uh, I think he's a kid that has an opportunity to to prove his point, but he does really well when he plays alongside another great defender. I think they feed. I think he feeds off that energy that they both give each other, like him and Derek did.
2: That's a really great point. I could see that for sure. Well, you mentioned Noah Igbenogany, and that's the projected third Auburn player to get drafted. So let's talk about him. His story to me has just always been interesting this guy played wide receiver in high school he (laughs) didn't even start playing defense until spring practice before the 2018 season and then as a junior he's number one on the depth chart at cornerback like this guy just took to it. It seems very natural for him, but he's also a competitor. He was willing to put in the work to be where they saw him as having the best fit, and now he's likely going to be drafted fairly early at that position. I just think that's very telling of his work ethic. I don't think he's necessarily the most proven name in the draft you know like that that proven resume that these NFL teams might want to take on but he's got a lot of upside and he's somebody that since the end of season the interest in him has just steadily gone up
3: you yeah, know, you think about Noah, he's a kid that, uh, like I said, his upside is tremendous. You know, I can't wait to see what Travis say about, say about him later on in the show. Like, this kid is, a, to me, anytime you play the receiver position you're able to switch over to defense, you know, it goes to show your athleticism is, is at top charts because it's all about your hips in both of those positions. You know, can you get in and out of breaks? And he does that very well. And the thing I like about him the most is he's a very physical corner. He He knows how to get after the – get out the opponents he's not afraid to stick his head in there and make a tackle on the run and uh and he's a physical corner he he can get his hands on receivers a little bit which he's going to see a lot of big receivers at the next level and I think he's built for that because of his statue and uh and everything he's tough-minded that's one thing you got to have you got to be tough-minded anytime someone tell you to switch a position in the middle of your college career like you have to be mentally tough and able to do that you know a lot of kids they can't do it they check out because they're so scared of the unknown sometimes you need to just go for it and, and stop worrying about what's going to happen and just go for it. And he went for it and, and it's turned out great for him. Like I said, he could easily be, like I said, late first round because there are some teams that, that are looking for corners with all the receiver positions that now that, that's on these other teams now that you have to face week in and week out. So his position is always highly recommended. So he could be easily late first, early second, but whoever gets him is getting a steal because this kid is upside is going to be tremendous.
2: For sure. Man, that's super exciting. I would love to see all of those guys go in the first round, let's be honest, but definitely think that they will be early. Obviously, there's several other Auburn guys that will likely be drafted this weekend. We've talked about Prince Tega Winogo several times. The kind of interesting obstacles he's had since undergoing that knee scope in January, having to sit out of the senior bowl, the combine pro day, but he's still expected to get an early call. And then you've got guys like Jack Driscoll, Javaris Davis, Daniel Thomas. Is there anyone for you, Jason, that you see as a dark horse, maybe someone that could potentially get drafted higher than what's expected?
3: Ooh, that's uh that's a tough one um thinking about it uh, jeremiah denson could be a kid that could sneak in there in a corner position uh you know he's he's a sleeper kid because of his um uh, like his his speed and agility and i thought he had some really good defensive games this season um so everyone's gonna be watching our players on our defense because they were highly rated this year and they played really well in some big games so He's a kid mm-hmm. that I see that can have an opportunity to to maybe slip up, I mean sneak up in a draft and uh and get picked a little earlier than he probably thought.
2: I hope so. I mean, obviously there's there's validity to these mock drafts and and the analysis, but there's also surprises that happen in the draft. So if that top five, top 10 even gets shuffled, that'll have an implication on the rest of the first round. So I do think you could see some of these Auburn guys slide up a little, but certainly exciting for all of them. We will keep our eyes on all of the action and recap it on our next episode. But I do have a few Auburn draft trivia questions for you Jason we're gonna see how well you know the Auburn draft history now no cheating all right all right how many total Auburn players have ever been drafted
3: oh man I'll probably have to say 137 279 oh wow way off isn't that wild
2: yeah, you're wow. way off, but it's fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Because I had 12 rounds before. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It
2: goes back to like the 50s. But okay. okay, total first round picks.
3: Total first round picks, I would probably say 50 something, 58.
2: 30. <laughs> <laughs> This is good. oh wait, This is good. Gee. Look, I, I'm just glad I'm not having to answer these. Oh, I'd be embarrassing. Are good questions. Yeah. Okay. How many overall number one draft picks from Auburn? Oh, let say
3: Bo Bruce. Three.
2: Four.
3: Oh, who's the fourth?
2: Tucker Fredrickson
3: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm.
2: All right, only three schools have had more number one picks than Auburn. Do you know those schools?
3: Let me see. Probably USC. Yep. Ohio State.
2: Nope.
3: What? Uh, (laughs) USC, Notre Dame? Yep. Okay, USC, Notre Dame, and Miami.
2: USC, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma. Oh. Close. Mm-hmm. Cool. And they all have five apiece. Auburn has four, so we're we're close, you know. All right, last one. <laughs> what position group at Auburn has had the most first round draft picks?
3: Ooh, most position group at Auburn. I would have to say defensive line. Running back. Running back.
2: Mm-hmm. Six.
3: Those? Bo, Cadillac, Ronnie. Um that's three. Um, I don't remember the other three.
2: Tucker Frederickson.
3: Okay, Tucker frederickson
2: James Brooks.
3: Oh, little Jane. That's right.
2: Yep. And Brent Fulwood. Gotcha. Yep. Man, that those was a are good questions.
3: Those are really good questions. That was, really question. that was way off
2: it's okay everybody make sure you keep those and you can drop some fun auburn draft nuggets at your draft zoom parties this weekend so you're welcome all right one more thing i want to talk about the ESPN Football Power Index which predicts the upcoming season has been released because we all need some entertainment right now. The FPI predicts Auburn going 9 and 3 this season with losses coming from Georgia, Alabama and LSU. Jason, do you agree with this prediction? One thing I do want to point out though, the LSU result is just a slight edge over us but even so I think that this is like the given expectation in the SEC you know like Georgia Alabama LSU beating Auburn like same song and dance every year but they all lost very key players including their quarterbacks so why give them such the easy advantage that just I don't know Jason what do you think about this record
3: well I 100 percent disagree with the FBI because <laughs> I say this because <laughs> I say this because they say nine and three the reason they do that is because it's a safe way to say it's a safe way to protect themselves as far like oh I almost got it right I got it right, right. because my whole thing is I see Auburn going with better than that I feel like we're gonna have an opportunity to be in the playoffs and the reason I say that is we have a lot of returning guys in key positions. Yes, our offensive line is got wiped out, but I feel like we got some young guys behind them that can fill, it up, fill those positions. And then when you think defensively, we got some guys that had experience last mm-hmm. year and, and everything. I know Derrick and Marlon got a lot of attention, but you still have Big Cat Bryant, who's a guy that can show up and play. We still got some, you know, Smoke Monday and. You know a lot of young kids that made plays for us, KJ Britt and the linebacker core. You know those guys gonna come to play, and then you got our offensive coordinator now, who's 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 in charge. And I think he's going to bring some dynamic things to our offense. And I think he's going to help Bo dramatically as well. Yeah. And, uh, and I think him and Gus together in the room can come up with some, some plays that can trick the defenses. So the only games that I think are kind of trick – the Re- reason I think we can get Georgia is Georgia lost their whole offensive line. They lost their running back and they lost their quarterback. That's huge. And they don't have the whole offseason of spring ball to prepare and get them up to speed. Like they're going to be rushing and pressing trying to get their quarterback to transfer from right. Wake Forest ready to play. And then, so i like us better in that game. I like us better in the LSU game because it's in Auburn and they lost a huge amount of their offense in the quarterback position. They lost
2: everybody. Yeah,
3: exactly. So that's not just easy to just throw out there and feel. And every time this, this rivalry has taken place, the team that hosts the home game usually wins. And uh, and I think Auburn wins that game. The only game that's always a toss up, which it is every year, no matter what the records are, is the Iron Bowl. That's the game that, you know, we can go into Alabama and win that one. You know, I think we have a great opportunity, but that's the game that's always – you just never know what's going to happen. So, for me, I definitely feel like we have an opportunity to to make the playoffs this year, you know, not putting any pressure on the team or anything. I just believe in our talent and our ability that if we stay healthy, that's the key thing. We have to yeah. stay healthy, and we have to get off to a good start with the – and we have to beat North Carolina. That's a sleeper game. That's a game that, you know – we we can't just look past. That's a sleeper game where you know Mac Brown and and they looking at that as an opportunity to play a big school like ourselves that make a name for them to put him back on the map as far as his coaching ability. Mm-hmm. So you know we have to be very watchful for that one.
2: Oh yeah, that UNC game is one that I have circled as well. Mac Brown has a good thing going, and this is another team that started a true freshman quarterback last season, and he's returning with experience just like Bo, so that one will definitely be interesting. You get a weird sense of confidence when it's in Atlanta, but the reality is we aren't positive fans will be allowed to attend games, so home crowd advantage may not even be relevant this season, but... I think you brought up a point that I completely agree with. This team is Mm -hmm. going to have some shuffle. The offense loses seven starters and the defense returns between five and six starters, depending on the alignment, but it loses Derek and Marlon and practically the entire secondary. So that's, you know, going to be difficult to compensate, but I think what counters that is two things. Chad Morris is the offensive coordinator and Bo Nix now has collegiate experience. To me, that gives us an upper hand in the conference this season. So I, too, disagree with the FPI. And here's the thing this FPI is likely the least reliable FPI ever because we have no freaking clue what this off season is going to do to these teams this season. No one is practicing. No one is together. So we have no idea how they're going to produce come season. But I'm actually sweating Texas A&M a little bit. I think that one could sneak up on us. I think A&M is kind of on the cusp of being a force in the West because of Jimbo Fisher and I think Kellen Mond is one of the best and certainly most experienced quarterbacks in the conference this season and last season I don't think they they really tapped into their actual potential their recruiting is continuing to improve so that actually is one that I felt the FPI gave us more of a chance than I really expect so I certainly would not be overlooking the Aggies this season,
3: but I definitely like the fact that we are are slept on a little bit. You know, Auburn usually produces uh, pretty good seasons when we're not predicted to go undefeated or predicted to go eleven and one or twelve and one. You know, so I think it just kind of puts a little bit of edge to our guys. You know, it's it's not all bad to sometimes have some bulletin board material you know, to promote young kids. You know, they're a little bit different, you know, nowadays than than, you know, surround other days. But I feel like the Texas AM game is a huge game. Mm-hmm. Uh this is Jimbo's third year there. And usually your third year anywhere is the this is the big transition phase and that's really where you see where your program is really headed to. And I think he's out to try to prove a lot this year. And like you say, Kellen Munn returning, he's probably the most valuable experienced quarterback that's returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, In the SEC, and then Bo probably is the number two, which is going to the sophomore year. We're saying he's already the number two experienced kid. Like, it's been so much change over at the quarterback position in the SEC after this past year. Now, my thing is, this year has been a big change in and coaches across the SEC. Yeah. This is, I think it's about to get back to the the old school days where the SEC was really tough in the East and really tough in the West because of the coaches that have been added. You know, the interesting one to me is Lane Kippen, yep. you know, going to Ole Miss. Uh, you know he's going to have a really good offense. Now, if his defense can put together something, they're always a dangerous team in that aspect. I and mean, you think about Mississippi State with, with Leach, Coach Leach being there. You know it's going to come, you know, the ball is going to be all over the field. Mm-hmm. So defense is going to have to be ready to, to run and chase the ball from sideline to sideline. So, yeah, you know, in Arkansas, they've got a different coach. So they're trying to change the mental, the mentality there and everything. So for me, the West is always still going to be the, the top in this conference. I think the East is, it's getting better. Uh, I think Florida is going to be, you know, they was good last year, but they're going to be better this year. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, I think going to be better. Georgia's going to be, we have to see. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't see them over Florida this year, uh, just because of the the loss that they have to, you know, take this year. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm excited. Hopefully this COVID nineteen gets up out of here and uh and we can have a football season and everything. I'm just excited because the it's a different challenge and it, it, it's gonna be a different ore in the air. I think people are taking this yeah. time to realize what the gift of life really is. You know, whereas nothing's automatic, like you know, count your blessings and be thankful for all to be able to have football back. I think you're going to see kids even playing a little harder, practicing a little harder, coaches enjoying it a little harder. This was a time for them to relax and get themselves uh, mentally and physically recovered as well. So this whole aspect of this COVID-19 has been demoralizing to a lot of families at the same time. You can only control what you can control. Yeah. And that's just try to stay as safe as you possibly can encourage one another, but do something during this time to make yourself better. So, and this is over with, we can be a better country, better individuals, and collectively we can be faster and more ahead than we have been.
2: I could not agree more. I think, there's going to be a renewed sense of gratitude in everyday life but certainly for sports i mean i can't imagine what that first opening week of college football will be like if fans are allowed to pack the stands it'll be electric and i'm so excited for the possibility of that and i think this season there's just so much unknown given you know this off season and even like you mentioned bunch of new coaches starting quarterbacks that are no longer there like this football season it really could be anyone's game so that is something that I am very eager to see we're looking at a glass half full around here I like it well we are going to bring in our awesome guest Travis Williams but before we do that got to tell you guys about our awesome sponsor Bet online. Now, while you're waiting out this quarantine at home, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. And I know you're thinking there's no sports. So, what am I going to be betting on? But they are getting real creative over there. There is betting happening on esports. American Idol. There's even a $750,000 poker series. So there is plenty of fun to be had at betonline.ag. And if you use our promo code, mypod100, you're going to receive a welcome bonus on your first deposit. So again, betonline.ag, use the promo code, mypod100. You decide your first deposit amount, and they're going to give you a bonus for some extra money to play with. So, thank you for sponsoring our show, BetOnline.ag. All right, everybody, let's go ahead and bring in our guest. You already know who it is, no introduction needed. Former Auburn linebackers, now coach, the one and only T. Will Travis Williams. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, man, I like that intro. I need you to do my intros more often. That was big time right there now. I can help you out,
2: no worries.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I
2: gotta get this out of the way first. All right. So funny story. I um so I work in college football for ESPN. I'm a sideline reporter and you know, kind of similar to athletes, I, I have my routine that I like to do before games to kind of get me in the zone, get me focused, get me hype, you know. And without fail, this is a true story. I'm I'm not blowing smoke. Before every game that I work. I listen to Tiger Walk in my hotel while I get ready.
1: Wow. I promise.
2: All my life. So I,
1: that's that's <laughs> awesome. I'm glad I'm glad I was able to help. You you know it's so funny. We were just talking about this the ten this is actually ten years and we may do a behind the scenes on how that song came about. And it's it's actually pretty, pretty interesting that we're thinking about doing. Uh, putting it out but it's been 10 years that's, that's great that it's still it's still able to get you focused for a game
2: listen <laughs> yeah, i'm giving you several listens during football season i can promise you that i freaking love that song oh man. that's awesome
3: yeah i remember <laughs> that song awesome. i remember that song came out and uh t will and i did it it was it was a hit song it was a hit we um uh, we used to bump it a lot riding around campus and everything so it's
2: so catchy
3: that's good to know, Taylor. That yeah. it, uh, it transpired into the into the rest of the campus. I so do. that's good.
2: Regardless what the game is, that song. I guess it's just the Auburn grad in me. It gets me fired up. So I, yeah. for my career, I appreciate that song for sure. So. Uh, oh,
1: that's awesome! That's awesome.
2: <laughs> just needed to get that one out of the way. But let's talk about your super successful coaching career. Now you are one of several former Auburn athletes who have returned to the Plains and are now working in a coaching capacity. And, and I love to kind of hear it from your perspective. What has that transition been like? How surreal is it to, to be back there and, and now helping to mold the future of the program?
1: Uh, I mean, it's it's really been a blessing, and it starts, you know, it starts at the top with Coach Malzahn and his vision. Mm-hmm. You know, he want he want to get guys that's that's been around, that's walked the hallways, and just understand what it takes to be an Auburn student athlete and and, and eventually an Auburn man. Um, so it starts at the top, but it's it's been it's been great just to have your other brothers in in the same office with you and walking the same hallways and being able to kind of just pour that into to the student athletes that's coming on campus and. Um, it's been good for us to recruit because you can you can really sell a product that really impacts your life. You're not just working, you know you, you know you'll do a good job wherever you're at, but it's so much easier to sell a product that's um that's really impact your life in in a positive way
2: and i think that that is is so true and valid that you guys can can make a very um an accurate representation of what it's like because you lived that exact experience and i think that your impact has been made evident since you returned uh as a coach and For the second year in a row, Auburn has had an All-SEC linebacker. And listen, that wasn't always a trend that was maintained. When you became the linebacker's coach in the 2016 season, you were the last Auburn linebacker to have earned first-team All-SEC. But why do you think that wasn't something that was happening for this program? What did you feel was, was lacking or needed to change?
1: You know what? I, I can't really pinpoint exactly, you know, what happened. Um, but I know when Coach Witt was a linebackers coach, I mean he's he's had, you know, all SEC guys, all Americans draft picks and for whatever reason it's been, you know, it, it was a gap that was missing. Yeah. And it was something that, you know, I really was um I I wanted to get a guy that was gonna be first team all SEC. Yeah. And I and I and then Deshaun was the first one and Trey was second team, then the, then Deshaun was first team, and then KJ Britt. So it's been three all SEC guys three years in a row. But I just think it, it comes down to it, when you're coaching a kid, you got to understand they're not going to be microwave ready, mm-hmm. and that's why they call you coach. So you have to develop them. And the and the biggest thing that I got from Coach Witt more than anything is his belief in his players. Mm-hmm. So. You 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 just have to make you have to tell these guys no you we we have an all SEC linebacker in this room we have an all American in this room because a lot of times kids hear what they can't do you can't do this can't oh we ain't good enough we got to we got to recruit another guy we got to recruit better well this is not the NFL you can't draw you can't just sign a guy off the streets or you can't trade so right. you have to really uh, recruit that recruit I me mean, you have to coach up was in your room. And I just think that's the high school coach in me as well. It's like, you got a coach was in the hallway and you got to really make these guys believe that they can do it. And that's one thing that coach Witt was really, really great at. Like he, he made, he made you think you was six four, two hundred and fifty pounds, 250 You was really six foot 205. But just, just that belief in your players is, 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 it's really, really important. Man, it's great coaches. All I mean, you're in the SEC. It's coaches that can coach X's and O's, like with their eyes closed. They forgot a whole bunch of ball, way more ball than I know they've forgotten. But just the belief in that individual is something that um, I think that I have, and um, it's just getting the guys. And that, all it is is whatever, whatever their potential is, is up to that coach to get it out of them. And um, I just think I just that's something I really picked up from Coach Whip.
3: Yeah, try to pick it back off what <clears throat> what Taylor was saying. When I think about football nowadays, and I think about the way that the trend is going back um, back in the early two thousands, probably nineteen nineties, you know, football was very run oriented, and you you recruited for for that. But now you think about the offenses that the way the pace that they they're trying to run these plays that where they're trying to get two plays within 25 seconds where they're trying to hustle back to the line of scrimmage and they put so much pressure on on defenses as far as, like, with the RPOs and different things. How does that change recruiting as far as, like, do you look at really size of linebackers or are you looking more towards speed and quickness nowadays when it comes to that aspect because of the type of offenses
1: that you see? Yeah, Jason, that's a good question because, like, you know, you're still going to profile. You have a profile of what, what you're looking for um the old school like be honest with you like i went free agent with the falcons where i was undersized but if i was playing in this day and age mm-hmm. they'd be beating down my door because i could mm-hmm. run and cover and do different things like that um the, the big linebacker that's just a plugger that they're, they're that their kind of instinct like cause, because because it's, it's not a downhill running uh league anymore and even it's trickling up to the nfl as well where it's just rpo so um it is a place for those type of guys but if you watch even in the SEC, if you look around, especially in the West, is everything is spread out. You look at what LSU did last year, then you got the coach at Mississippi State and coach at Ole Miss and with Alabama. So it's all spread out. So you're looking for speed, a guy that has range but still has that mentality to play linebacker. Because at the end of the day, when when it when it when it gets when it gets serious, they're gonna run the ball. So you gotta have a guy that has that mentality to to uh be able to take on linemen because Yes, it's spread it out, and they're, and they're making you stretch the field from sideline to sideline, but those linemen are still 6'5", pounds, so they're not changing. Right. Um, they're obviously more athletic, so you want to get a guy that's able to uh, stick his face in there and, and be able to stop the run as well.
3: T. Will, you know how it goes, man. We, we know you're a producer, you're coach, co-defensive coordinator, you know, top recruiter in the nation. Dang, I hate that you had to get beat in the spring and summertime by the 0-4 offense. So, oh, Lord. you know, I understand, you know, you, oh, you do a lot. You have, to, you, you have to take your pounders by your, your big brothers, you know, and practice and everything. But uh, we had some good battles. We had some really good battles in spring and summer. It was a lot of noise talking going on, Taylor. I tell you I that.
2: can imagine.
3: A lot oh. of noise <laughs> we
1: had some fun. And, and, and a lot of, like, it's so much, like, behind the scenes that, People don't understand that makes a championship team. you yeah. like you got to you got to gel at the right time. You got to really like like each other, and it can't be a a, a championship team isn't led by the coaches. So that O four team was led by the players, starting with Jason and Ronnie and Cadillac and those guys, and, and you know it's, it's it's it was just a special <clears throat> it was a special special group. You know, even like during the summer, like you said, man, we we were out there and we was like competing. You know, we was competing during the summer when we had like we, you know, the practices where we kind of run it, and the coaches can't be out there in the weight room. We held each other accountable, and it was a fun time. And at the end, we look up and we was undefeated. Um, but that offense definitely made me a better player because I'm like, if I can, if I can just do well at practice, Saturdays would be easy because I'm playing, to, I'm playing to get the best offense
2: in the country. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, actually, it definitely made me a better football player facing Jason in that offense. vice versa for us and we felt
3: like going against that defense that chizzy was throwing at us with the blitzes and because we would do situations taylor we would do you know third and short red zone situations where you know you got to score or game over we put pressure on the kicker we got to make the kick so we practice all those situations and things and that's what football is all about it's all about situational football how you handle different situations and uh and I feel like with this team that Auburn has, you know, it was a young football team last year in a lot of different areas, a lot of key positions. And uh, when you look at the young linebacker core we had last year with KJ Britt leading the charge, you know, I think the guy's only going to get better. And I think this team has an opportunity this year and everything, but try to talk about how the communication is going during the pandemic where you can try to keep your players intact and,
1: uh, and
3: communicate with them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, we, um, you know, we we were able to do eight, you know, four hours a week, and um, so we we would talk to our guys. It actually went up to eight hours. Where you know, Monday we went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you know, we did some install as far as football, and you know, obviously we check on them every day and make sure they're good. Um, and just my group, man. I man, I'm blessed. To, man, I, I'm coaching some really, really good people. They're good players, but they are really good human beings you know yeah. just the whole room um so that that's been fun um man we pray together we cry together like we have a, like we just just that's the way of the culture of the room you know before we even talk ball we're gonna pray that's what we're gonna do and then we're gonna get into ball you know and i you know i may i may pray or josh or kj or chandler you know we, and that's just what we do and that's something the guys want to do um but man, I, I I'm just blessed to just really, really coach really good people that come from really good parents um, as well. So it makes man, it makes it makes my job, it makes my job really easy just to coach these guys. But now, yeah, it was the young group and it kind of came out of nowhere, but now we gotta we gotta have a different mentality. You you we're not gonna creep up on everybody. They know, okay, they know exactly who KJ Britt is. Mm-hmm. They know the yeah. Cole McClane, they know Owen Pat Papo, they know Chandler, like they know you. What are you gonna do now? So whatever you did last year, you're going to have to work 10 times harder than what you did because you're not going to sneak up on anybody. Yeah. So you got to have a mentality. Like I, I, I was texting them doing the Jordan um, series because we got a group text, the, the Jordan documentary. I was like, man, that's greatness.
0: Yeah.
1: Like mm-hmm. working your tail off. Like
0: you can't tweak, you can't tweak
1: your, tweet your way into greatness or Instagram your way into greatness. All these little workouts, that's cool. But who's really diving into the football and really trying to – Master their craft and just working when everybody else is tired. That type of deal is gonna take you to a whole another level of greatness. So, you know, we challenge, we challenge them, and it's you know, it's it's fun because they they like to accept the challenge. All right
2: man I love that and and I love what you said about them being good human beings along with being players because I think they the really special teams the really great teams they're playing for something bigger than just the x's and o's I, I would even go back to that 04 group every time we have uh, a guest call in from that group they always y'all talk about the brotherhood you always somehow the conversation always goes to the relationships that were built on that team and how they were established for life and and when y'all get back together it's like you haven't skipped a beat those are the great teams so I think that that really speaks volumes about this group that you have uh and and speaking of greatness want to get your input on the upcoming NFL draft several Auburn guys that are hoping to hear their names called this week give us a little insider information a few guys that you really expect uh good things from and, and maybe some draft predictions from you
1: yeah, just just starting from a, from a hole, I think we have a chance to have the most guys drafted in, in the Auburn history mm-hmm. this year. We're looking at seven, seven or eight. Um, um, I think the I think it's seven or six may it's be six. the be the number, but it's six. Okay, mm-hmm. so if we get seven, that'll be a record. Yep. And just and it shows the the program that Coach Malzahn has in the, in the development. Um. You know, so it's just, you know, I just hope all these guys, man, just be able to reach their hopes and dreams because they work their tail off to do it. Um, obviously, the big name, i uh, start with Derrick Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I, I I tell the scouts, if they they call me, I say, listen, just cut on the tape. I
0: mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. cut on
1: the tape. Like, I, I don't right. know what else to tell you. Like, if they do their job, if your scouts are really good at what they do, man, just cut on the tape. Yep. The tape speaks mm-hmm. for itself as far as his character I mean, it's it's an A plus character, and, and then, you know, Coach Garner, he, he's the best in the business. He got six first rounders, so he's getting developed by the best guy in the business. Mm. You know, so you know, don't don't make this hard. Cut on the tape, <laughs> and then as you continue to evaluate, so they get it. It it, it gets longer and longer. They keep evaluating. and It's every guy on the board. They may like, oh, let's look at this guy. Well, maybe this game, this happened. Man, just cut on the tape. Yeah. And Derrick Brown, I'm, I'm taking Derrick Brown. That's just. It's not a lot of human beings walking on this earth that's like him. Right. Um. You know, just a kid from Mississippi. Great parents, man. It, it's it's awesome story. Um. So definitely, I mean, he 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 should top five. He should be gone. If he if he's still there the five, I don't know what's going on. Obviously, you know, team needs and all that stuff got to play a part. Um. You know, Marlon Davidson is a kid, man. I you you looking for a football player that comes to practice every day? I mean, he's that kid. Just a great story. his, his brother Kenny. Carter played for us. I remember we was recruiting Kenny, and Marlon was coming through the hallways. And I remember telling him I was a G at the time, like, "Man, we coming back to get you." <laughs> you know, he he lit up, and 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 obviously we we didn't know he was gonna be that that good, yeah. but he ended up being a really good player. And, and and you know, he ended up coming to Auburn, and Coach Garner did a great job recruiting him. And you know, just to to see his. Growth because his mom passed away going into his senior year, so you know she was never able to watch him play in college. So he, mm-hmm. that's why I think he practiced so hard. He played when he was hurt, never sat out. Like just if a team get him, they getting it. The, he's going to be a ten year vet just because he's made of the right stuff. Yeah. Um, takes football series, and he's a, he's a great person. Um, the another kid Noah, our corner Noah Igmenagney, mm-hmm. um. He's going up the draft boards. You know, he's he's a kid that's been playing corner two years and um this, the sky's the limit for him because he's still learning. Very explosive, tough. He played every special team. He played the most snaps on our team. Don't want to be taken off the field. Just football player. You lock him in the room with somebody, he's coming out because he's that tough. He's he's that he's that much of a competitor. I remember we was at practice, he you know, he you know, he thought he had cramps in his stomach, kept grabbing his stomach. Finished the practice, you know. He kept like grabbing his stomach for whatever reason, and um, man, they took him to they took him inside. That joke, he had the thing, had an appendix surgery. What? Oh, so that just shows his, that just shows his toughness. Dang. Like he he finished practice. He's out there, and it was a scrimmage, so he's out like there tackling, all of that stuff. Wow. And he thought he had a cramp. He had a burst appendix. So that just tells you his mentality. Like yeah. you getting a real fighter that's tough. Um. You know, the list, you know, the list goes on. You got, you got, um, you got Prince Tager, who was a defensive end, coming from Africa, first played one-year high school ball, transitioned to an offensive tackle, and his skill set talent-wise is having the NFL scouts um, drool over him, and then Jack Driscoll is another kid that we got from UMass, mm-hmm. scouts are drooling over him. Um, you know, DT, he, tra- he did a really good job at the Combine, tested well, so, Teams are calling about him, Jeremiah Denson. It's a story, man. That anybody get him, they getting a the football player. He's a kid that played Texas A&M four years ago. A guy blocked back on him, and and the doctors were saying that was like a car wreck mm. at the time when well, he had a collarbone, both knees, and it was real. Um, just a just the rehab, just to get back. You know, he came back and he was like, you talking about like sharp, sharp. Like we thought that Deshaun Davis was, is is a really good, a really smart football player, but. Denson is in that same mode where he can get everybody lined up for the D line, the linebackers in the back end. Mm. Um, and, and on that level, they like smart, smart players. Right. And then you got, you got Marquell and Mike that are three years starters on the offensive line. That's going to have a chance. And you have Sal that make big catches for us on the biggest one was in the iron, iron bowl. So you have guys, you have our punter as well. Sipos that's come, that's from the land down under. So, um, <laughs> Which is a great story, you know. He 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 has a chance to get drafted as well. So we're we're looking we're looking um to to really break that record. And like I said, it goes back to Coach Malzahn, his leadership and development, and just you know the coaching staff that he's he's assembled to develop these young men. Yeah, man, that's awesome,
3: Trav. We so appreciate it, man. Like I said, Coach Malzahn has done a great job bringing all these guys back and helping and helping out the university. Uh, he's trying. He's doing more and more and pulling the community and pulling guys that played before to come back as well. And um, before I get out of here and uh, let you, you know, get on with your busy day and, you know, go home, go running, go do whatever else you call yourself doing as far as workouts. Oh, dear. um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I, I, tell you, you know, I don't know if they work out like they say they work out. You know, these guys, they say they work out. But, you know, we'll see one day. We'll see. You know, I'm, I'm going to start posting pictures. That's what I yeah, he
1: will. You know, I, know
3: I, I need will. some evidence. I need some evidence. That's all I'm saying. I, I keep hearing. I need some evidence of these workouts. But uh, I, be, I believe Trav worked out, though. He, he, looks fit. he looks fit. Trav, <laughs> before you get out of here, though, man, tell me one thing. Tell us about the thing you're doing with the fans as far as Auburn right now, like reaching out to fans and connecting them with former players and players and now. And I think it's an awesome deal you're doing. Ronnie and myself was on there this past Friday, had a great time. Can you uh, just elaborate on it a little bit before you get out of here?
1: Yeah, so at at this time, you know, with with everybody kind of locked in the house, you know, it's really big to have content out there and and just really get everybody kind of involved and excited about Auburn. Um, So what we're doing is we we having different, like last week was, you know, tell us your most memorable Auburn moment. And we picked 15 people and we had guests obviously uh, last Friday and it it was yourself and Ronnie and it, it was a big hit and just it just just showing the world what Auburn family is is really about and then uh, we're not going to do it this week because of the draft but we're going to pick 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 back up the, the following Friday but it's just just keeping the Auburn family involved we all itching to be around each other we all itching to put the high fives and the hugs and the war eagles so we just want to make sure we stay connected with our fans and you know we have the best uh fan base in the country so that's that's one of the deals that that we're doing, um, just to keep to stay connected and, and just putting content for our fans uh, continue to see. Um, like this week is gonna be a lot of draft content because it's gonna be a big big week for Auburn. And um, but just connecting with our fans, just keeping them just keeping them involved, and because they deserve it, you know, because they they always supported us. So we want to make sure we keep them involved, and we're gonna keep that going.
2: I love that. I the Auburn family, man, we we get creative in times like this. I love it. Well, Travis, it certainly was great hearing from you. And uh, honestly, these guys are, are lucky to have you as a coach. And I know there's plenty more success to come for you. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you all so much, War Eagle. And all that good stuff. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Peace and love.
2: <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. War
0: Eagle. <laughs> all right. War
1: Eagle.
2: All right everybody that wraps it up for us this week on everything auburn thank you so much for listening to us each and every episode jason and i greatly appreciate it we will be back to recap all of the exciting action that happens following the draft everyone make sure you watch and cheer on those auburn guys that are stepping into the future of their career certainly going to be an exciting weekend and just like t will said everyone don't touch your face stay inside stay healthy